0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at soundtalentmedia.com. Hey, what's up Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. This is Vox and Hops episode number 200. I am uh, blown away, super stoked, and just so excited. To have reached two hundred episodes in just over two years it it is absolutely mind boggling and absolutely amazing. I am so grateful to anyone who has listened, who has shared, who has spoken about vox and hops to anyone i i I am so 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 excited that i've gotten this far just to give you a little rundown of what 200 episodes of vox and hops looks like that's 196 guests 75 guitarists 22 drummers 20 brewers, pub owners, or hop industry individuals. I got 10 crew members, 7 booking agents or promoters, 20 fellow media personalities, 7 artists, 7 music producers, and 16 bassists. I am so, so thankful and grateful to all of these people who have taken the time to sit down with me, to talk about their lives, talk about their music, and talk about some craft beer. I'm raising my glass right now to the next 100 Vox and Hops episode. So much has happened in the past year for the podcast, and and I just can't wait to see what these next 100 episodes have in store for Vox & Hops. Today's Vox & Hops episode is presented by Heavy Montreal. Heavy Montreal is Montreal's premier metal promoter. When there isn't a global pandemic, they put on a bunch of amazing metal shows here in Montreal, but not only that, they put on one of North America's sickest metal festivals, and trust me, people, when I say this, that is the truth. Because I have played just about all of the world's best metal festivals and Heavy Montreal is up there with the best of them. I am so, so stoked to have Heavy Montreal behind the Vox & Hops podcast. 200 episodes required a very special Vox & Hops guest and I was extremely lucky to have found the perfect guest for my 200th episode. Someone who is an iconic metal frontman, but not only that, he is extremely involved in craft beer. So I couldn't think of anyone more perfect to celebrate 200 episodes with. Get ready, people. This is Vox and Hops episode number 200 with Michael Stane of Dark Tranquility. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up everyone? Today I'm with Michael Stane of Dark Tranquility. I am uh, super stoked to be with you because uh, you are a very, very special guest because you are the perfect guest to have for my 200th episode. You are the yeah the epitome of metal and craft beer uh everyone that i've been talking to has been saying that i need to get you on the podcast so i'm super super stoked to be with you today how are you doing michael i am great
1: it's Saturday night here you know i'm I'm, yeah i'm good really good very very (laughs) glad to be doing this this is fun
0: excellent excellent um for a 200th episode, I, need to, I needed to have a very, very special brew, and uh, I'm going to present that to you now, and it's something that oh, please uh, do. is a okay. special, special. It's uh, from Brasserie General from Quebec City. Oh, oh yeah. Up yeah, yeah, here yeah, yeah. In, uh, in Quebec, Canada. Beautiful, And this yes. is uh, th- one of their seventh anniversary release brews. It is a pastry stout. Which uh, has some some roasted coconut in it. Uh, we got some cacao, some vanilla from Madagascar, and some lactose. It clocks in at a beautiful ten point nine percent ABV, and uh, it's eleven a.m. here for me. So, so this is going to be a good day, Michael. Oh, for sure! <laughs> Come on, awesome. What, what are you? What are you going to be drinking on your side there, Michael?
1: I'm going to drinking something very local as well. Um, this is. Uh, from stiegbergetz brewery which is right down the street literally 10 minutes walk from here five maybe um and this is their latest it's an ipa with orange and they usually do this uh, seagull themed beers (laughs) does not contain any seagull at all from what i know (laughs) but um no but this is one of the the absolute best breweries uh, in the world for me. Not only because it's on my street, but because I've been to many of the best breweries in the world, and this is up there. And first, and they usually do like yeah, very um, cool, uh, great IPAs. And um, this one I haven't tried, so uh, here we go. Cheers! Cheers! Let me pour this out. Yeah. Oh look at that! Oh, you got your own beer glass too. Mine is from Wicked Weed. Very North cool, Carolina. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gene Simmons did some things right. <laughs> 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 Cheers. Mm. It's cool for fun. Oh, man. Yeah, this is good. I only had a super light beer. I was at a brewery just now, but I, I was driving, so I had a like a super light one, but this is phenomenal this, this is the best of the day
0: Ooh, this is this is sweet uh, very dangerous this mildly boozy very sweet and you can taste that roasted coconut uh, vanilla chocolate cacao delicious delicious so 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 oh, good what a perfect mm. brew for today uh i've yeah, been yeah, throwing yeah. i've been throwing this complex question at everyone when i start these uh interviews recently is how have you been coping with 2020 michael
1: Uh, I've I've been at home drinking beer, um, (laughs) occasionally doing some metal, um, recording a new album. Actually, I've I've been super busy. Um, We started recording this album in like February, March, properly. And before that, we were just in the studio preparing for it. So and then we recorded up until June. And then, uh, you know, made it all preparations and mixed it till in July. once that was finished, like all the, the other stuff that it's just been crazy busy. Um, so I haven't really thought about it too much. And now the album comes out in a month and then what, then the whole, <laughs> you know, like the darkness will arrive and there will be nothing like the, the big emptiness is, uh, is, uh, is approaching. I don't know. Like, but in terms of like, generally I, I've been home most of the last year as well, just working and writing and, um, so it's not that different, you know. I like being at home. I like sitting here in front of my computer and like singing into this microphone, writing stuff and kind of communicating and, and doing all the office work that is needed. But other than that, it's... I mean, Sweden deals with this in a very different way, as you probably know. Um, it's pretty open. I could definitely just go out and hang out with my friends if I like. The the bars are open. Most things are open, actually. And um, so it's it's not that that different you know and also like being in the studio for such a long time is self-isolation in a way and uh it, it was just a case of everyone else in the world being in the same kind of place um at uh, the same kind of situation as us uh, for a while there but um but other than that I, I shouldn't complain i mean we're we're um, dealing with it uh you know in a way that is that gives us a lot of freedom which is which is good. But here it's very different in the Quebec area, right?
0: It is, sadly. They, they shut us down again. Uh, the craft beer yeah. bars were open from the end of June until okay. just recently. Uh, they've asked us to stay inside for 28 days. 20 a day. Yeah, to to restrict our... We we can still work and stores are still open, but they shut down all craft beer breweries and uh, uh, restaurants is only takeout and uh, archaic, archaic uh, liquor laws here. Uh, Breweries cannot ship to clients so they're really really suffering so uh everyone go drink local craft beer
1: please they need your help yeah as much as everyone else does (laughs) yeah and it's i mean in that aspect it's it's kind of similar here i mean everything is open the other bars and restaurants are everything is open and the breweries are are, are going but since not a lot of people actually go to restaurants in the same way and also like you have to restrict the the number of um, people in there it changes drastically for for the bar owners. uh so they are really really struggling and i know a lot of the, the local breweries here they are if they ship to um the liquor stores then they'll be fine because uh people are drinking more than ever is- just because everybody's <laughs> at home but but if you uh just the 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 stuff that they sell to restaurants is like one third of that it remains or something like that so it's it's they're really struggling Um, but the upside, which is a cool thing is that here in Sweden, I don't know if you know the kind of the weird laws. I mean, if you're talking archaic laws, this is, uh, we have, yeah, we have a a monopoly of alcohol here. So you have to go to one store in the entire country of Sweden to buy alcohol. Um, but you can buy like in a regular food store, you can get like a Mm 3.5 ABV beer. And that's something i grew up with you know that was all we drank when we were growing up listening to death metal you know <laughs> uh so, so so there's you know i have a very soft spot in my heart for, for that kind of beer and now all the craft beer breweries are doing that you are right so that they can actually yeah and so even like a fantastic brewery like Stigberts, they will um brew uh these low abv beers and then they sell it right off the back of the brewery so you can just drive over there pack your uh, you know car up much like your drive-in uh, liquor stores in canada um but for us as we who are normally only go to certain stores just for alcohol you can actually go to the brewery and buy directly and just take it out it's fantastic and they do like absolutely the best kind of low ibv beer uh, i've ever had so um so in that respect it's it's actually great and especially like for day drinking one (laughs) might be prone to these days uh it's it's Uh, much much better than
0: a 12 percent stout (laughs)
1: hey i'm I'm not judging you know (laughs) it's it's all good uh
0: session beers are on the rise though so so maybe you guys are actually leading the way on that that uh people want Uh, to enjoy a bunch of craft beer and not be destroyed yeah
1: yeah it it, it was our thing forever like as, as as you know kids basically and up until we were 25 30 or something <laughs> like that that was it you know which um, leads
0: me perfectly into my next question which was let's talk about beer let's talk about that first beer do you remember the first beer you ever
1: drank or maybe not the first but the first time i got drunk or or drank like seriously to get drunk was probably or was a friend of mine oh actually it was like anders our drummer his brother he was a bit older like five years older or something like that and he got some beers and it was carlsberg elephant beer which is i'm misremembering it was not that it was he had dutch semi shitty but the cool (laughs) bottled beer you know they were cool with that Um, top there Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, they were seemed very exotic at the time. (laughs) Uh, And so so we got like three of those each and we went out kind of camping over like a summer night or something like that. And we had those. And I I remember feeling drunk for the first time and that was great. Um, So that was the first and then the second time was kind of this uh, Kolsberg Elephant beer, which was then I think like 6.5% which was kind of unheard of, Mm -hmm. you know, in beer circles back then. It was like what the fuck like that's the strongest thing that's disgusting it's got to be like some booze poured into it that's what, you know <laughs> what it was. but and then i got super drunk on like three or four of those and uh, yeah that's how it started <laughs> but then it was all kind of this low abv beer like so that's how the entire kind of uh, uh metal scene in gothenburg started uh, it was all revolved around the cheapest Beer you can find in the shittiest store, like way out of town. Everybody just went there and, and stacked up. As, and we carried as much as we anyway, we could carry away from
0: there. <laughs> that was that was my nights too. We would just stuff my backpack with as much beer that I could could, yeah, yeah, could yeah. hold, and and we would go on walks and just just drink the shittiest Canadian beers that we could.
1: <laughs> there is a lot of shitty Canadian beer. <laughs> there is,
0: <laughs> but there are some good ones as well. Uh, oh, speaking, I've speaking of good ones, what what would be that first craft beer that really really caught your attention that changed your whole mentality towards beer
1: i think it 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 makes a classic and i think it goes for a lot of people and i think it's the gateway drug for for uh many folks especially those who've been to america and it's uh, sierra nevada pale ale um 2002 was our first american tour and it just you know popped up and i saw like oh yeah that's a beautiful looking bottle you know cool designs like i'm going try it and it's like oh this is this is weird you know like just odd you know we were drinking like the cheapest natty ice and the like the cheapest bullshit you know <laughs> you can find but you know still like these dec- dec- these you know uh, uh, it was kind of strong made you drunk real fast it was all good but the pele was like it really really opened my eyes to it and then when i got home i think it, w- it wasn't until like 04 or something like that till i saw it for the first time here like in a in a bar and i was like holy shit it's finally here like it's that's the best and it was like 11 dollars or something like that which was (laughs) uh, in 2004 it was fucking unheard of you would never pay that for a beer but i had to um so that's yeah that's how i got started like um for the longest time you know the the joke was that you know all the American beers are just crap. You know it's like making love in a canoe, as uh, <laughs> Monty Python would say. You know, but uh, but I uh, know it turned to be a it turned out to be an eye and open for me. And then it kind of slowly started here in in Sweden. Um, the craft beer scene was slow, but kind of it, it started to happen. You know, and then once it kind of started like uh, properly, like ten years ago, maybe it turned into yeah some of the best. It, have you tried any Swedish beers?
0: I have, because I, when I played in Gothenburg, we played yeah. that classic club, I can't remember the name now, I should have written Ticky it. Fingers probably? Yes, that sounds, it's it's sort of like yeah. a a vegan, it's only vegan food that they served, and it was uh, sort of like hip, sort of makeshift, very nice, but, ah. but and then... Trucks to Belastia. That's it, yeah. yeah yeah yeah. and we we went into town and i went to a craft beer bar and i drank some brews there which is what
1: i do everywhere which is yeah yeah yeah, of course how we do things (laughs) yeah that's number one priority when you uh tour yes (laughs) (laughs) um
0: i spoke to matthias and martin from Ban bond and they mentioned that you are a home brewer so so how how did the sierra nevada pale ale at eleven dollars turn you into a home brewer of making craft beers. The $11 price tag for the beer is probably the, the, the main motivator, but...
1: <laughs> well, yeah. No, but it, it was more... Um, I, I really wanted it for the longest time. Like, I really... I, was, I wanted to learn. I wanted to know what it was like, you know. um, A few of my... I get, a few of my friends um, had been to, you know, like, gone to, like, brew tours, you know, at the local breweries, that kind of stuff. But I was like, but I want to do it myself. I want to see how it works, you know. And I started looking at all, you know, YouTube, clip, YouTube clips and all that, just trying to figure out how to, and it just looked super messy. And it's like, I realized I need like a, this kind of like a brew system, you know, one of those kind of ready-made like uh, build stuff. So it's it just easier. Otherwise, I know that I'm I'm not going to continue. It has to be smooth and easy. And I, I want to make sure like I can deliver the same thing over and over again and kind of make like a consistency of that kind of stuff. So I brought this kind of brewmeister um, uh, five gallon, I think it is. Uh, 20 liter, um, food kit. That was yeah, maybe (laughs) ten years ago, and uh, so I've and I've been brewing ever since. And it like it started out just I've tried to do like the weirdest stuff, like especially yeah, doing like imperial stouts like you're drinking right now, and um, just because you could, you know, like just threw everything in there and just make. and, And I tried to kind of you know copy and clone like some of my favorite beers that I couldn't find anywhere else. So that was one of the early things as well. Like there was this blueberry imperial stout that i had in america once and i i remember it so fondly and i was like there's no way i can find it so i made a better brew it myself see if it works that kind of stuff so it was in the beginning that was it and then then i started just trying different styles just to find like uh, see if i can actually pull it off you know kind of improve my technique and, and kind of see if i can make an actual lager that tastes like a good pilsner or lager so that was super fun and um and I've been doing it, so I've I done the Berliner, I've done um, lagers, a lot of stouts, a lot of IPAs, um, some uh, mead, <laughs> and uh, yeah,
0: very very cool. What would have been that first beer that you did brew that was actually a success? Do you remember it?
1: Yeah, it was it was uh, like um it was like a, uh, it was a single hop mm-hmm. beer, just because I I just wanted to kind of perfect technique and make sure that I I get like fermentation right and just getting to to taste like. So I did like a, a very simple, um, just, um, I, I think it was like a old Simcoe, uh, pale ale. Very and cool. I was like, wow, it, it actually works. And this, it, I could easily, I would easily buy this, you know, and that's <laughs> when I kind of got into just making sure that I, uh, the whole uh, process is super well done, that it, it actually tastes exactly what I like, I wanted to do. And, uh, so i yeah, I keep getting better. And, um, I haven't thrown anything out yet you know <laughs> the first batch i ever did that was like ooh, ooh rough but after that it's every 20 liters, i could do it <laughs> yeah 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 no but after that after, everything is just like um uh, there's always, never anything left which <laughs> is good
0: do you do, do you share with friends is that how is that how you you get through the 20 liters yeah
1: yeah i don't bottle it it's all in kegs and i have it in my uh, attic and just like i know where i'm going next time i come through oh yeah yeah, yeah. you're (laughs) much very much welcome no it's good and i just like some of the stuff that will last a couple months or a year even like i have like a winter warmer right now that i'm kind of looking forward to drinking because it keeps getting better very cool um really i we did a me and a friend did a, a white russian stout so it's like a it has, yeah, it has fucking vodka in there. There's kalua in there. There is uh, a lot of uh, um, lactose. So it's... Um and it's fucking gorgeous. It's super great. But it just keeps getting better at it. Just, I just don't want to drink too much of it. I just want to keep it, you know. No, you it,
0: <laughs> cherish that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Um, let's talk about the the Swedish craft beer scene because it is yeah. insane. And uh, yeah. there's a bunch of musicians that are involved in it as well. What, what can you tell me yeah. about the all of that?
1: It is it is crazy. Like, it, yeah, it started small. Like, um, yeah, Foreman said, Stiebers was kind of like early. There were a few up in like the north and some in Stockholm. And then uh, it just kind of kept growing. And since it's kind of easy and, you know, just get a little a nice location and you start brewing, you know, um, like Daniel, the drummer from Inflames, he started like in a tiny little um, warehouse outside where he lives out of town. And everybody loved his beer, and now he's evolved, and now he has a tap room, and it's, it's like a whole big thing, and the beer is everywhere, and it's so, so cool. it's Working, you know, Nicola from Collin, he started doing IPAs and stuff like that, but now he's only doing sours, which are incredible. Like Duck Pond Brewing is called. Oh man, they're so good, like in- incredible. Um, of course, Andrew Fradian has Frequency Brewing up in Stockholm, which is super cool as well. A really good just like great quality you know traditional um styles mostly but incredible and um yeah so th- yeah there's, <laughs> there's a lot like um I remember they, they had kind of this uh, beer and whiskey festival that they started maybe 10 or oh, eight nine years ago and they thought it was going to be small like <laughs> there was this you know this kind of you know, event firm that wanted to do like a beer thing in, in Gothenburg they figured like, yeah, it's not going to be that big. The lines to the... And this was like a big convention center in the dead center of town. The lines went like around the big building twice and nobody could get in. It was just insane. Like they had no idea the interest was this big. And by then it was maybe three or four breweries from around here. And then the next year they had 10 breweries. And then year after that, it was two, 15, you know. So it's definitely... has happened like in the last... Um, last couple of years and it's it's a beautiful thing to see and like some of the breweries that started out super small like there was one called vega i was just there um two hours ago and it used to be just like hey for fun just do some cool beers some weird stuff now they have this amazing big uh american style brew pub you know with barbecue mm-hmm. and outdoor and stuff like that and just and chips the entire uh all over sweden so it's it's a great thing but because of the monopoly yeah um with so sustainable it is like the the store to buy it it's always great i mean they great selection you can order everything and and all that's good but they're closed on sundays and they close early on saturdays you know stuff like that so of course it's a restrictive but I i really don't mind um uh but the problem if if you're a home brewer or no, if you're a small brewer, a microbrewery, um, it's hard to, to get your beers out to every of these stores, you know. So regionally, for instance, like we've done a few beers with Dr. Quillity. Like so we collaborated with some local breweries and of course we want everyone to to be able to buy them, but they only reach at first maybe five of the local stores just in the area around where the brewery is and that's the rule and then if they sell well you can extend to like 10 and then that extends to 15 or something like that but that's so they have really strict laws or rules uh, about that which is um, frustrating but also kind of cool because you, you only buy super local stuff at your local sustainable market so if you're out traveling to the south or the north or whatever you can go to a system and you find only like a nice selection of breweries that you might never heard of, but it's maybe around the corner or, you know, deep in the woods. somewhere. <laughs> so, but it's, it's a weird thing like, um, having that, but you can, but you can always order. So I can always order anything that is available from the mi- microbreweries from on the other side of the country. And I, they will arrive here in, uh, in my local store and I can go pick them up. So, so cool. in that way, it's, it's great.
0: Very, very cool. You you mentioned, I was going to ask, of course, about the Dark Tranquility Uh, Collab Brews. uh, Talk to me about those. uh, What styles were they? uh what do you have in coming up because i imagined i if i could do it and i did do it cryptopsy has a a beer coming up uh, via Kanawagi brewing company called crisp topsy Uh, crisp topsy and it is a pilsner supremacy based off our whisper supremacy (laughs) album and it is a a new world pilsner it's a double dry hops mono hops with mosaic pilsner
1: wow Super, super, super dry sup- and hoppy. And oh man, that sounds great. Yeah, yeah. So, so you tried it?
0: I have not. No, it's, 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 the, the yeast is doing its work right now. All right. So we have to, we have to. It's becoming oh, a beer. Yes. Worship the yeast, people. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, what, 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 what beers have you guys done that, or are going to do?
1: Yeah, we did, we did uh, for Atomo, and that would came out four years ago. Holy shit. Um, we did a uh, Imperial Stout. Um, together with a brewery called Licca and also All In Brewing, which is kind of like this, yeah. What do you call it? Like a, yeah, a brewery that doesn't have a brewery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just traveling around. Contract, contract brewers. Kind of, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And so we just did that, and that was amazing, and just like super strong, and it was like um, we had whiskey barrel. Uh, we, there was whiskey in there, and Ooh. yeah, it's. it's amazing like we wanted it to be as complex as uh, the band's history <laughs> you know um and that was really cool so we did that for a while and then um what was it like uh, we did a, a one called dank tranquility and it was yeah. like a hazy ipa um s- super super funky amazing you know and that was two years ago maybe um and then there's a, a version of that called uh, a moment of tranquility which is kind of like a mix between a, a beer from Beer Budletek, which is another amazing brewer here in, in town. town, um, and so we did a combination with with their famous, most famous beer and Olin Brewer's famous beer, and it was theirs was called Moment of Clarity, and our beer was moment, uh, direct tranquility. so it's Moment of Tranquility. Very cool. Makes perfect sense. So, and that in my kind of be, maybe will become our uh year a uh, beer this year because yeah it makes sense <laughs> yes <laughs> but, but we haven't actually planned like i did plan i had there's a brewery in milan that, that i wanted to work with and they were super excited and we're going to do it and it's called like Birifica, uh, Lambrate. amazing amazing brewery it's just they have like two locations in milan and they ship all over italy but that's it but it's one some of the best stuff i ever had uh, when I was there four years ago and we talked then like, oh, maybe we should do something in the future. And now we should, but there's no way to get there. There's no way to, uh, <laughs> to do that. So, uh, yeah, everything is postponed, you know, as per usual. Um, as per 2020. But, yeah. Yeah. And, and also like we wanted to, to do like, a, you know, a release party for the album. It's like, yeah, you can't really do that. It's like, and you want, uh, you know, so, so build, um, brewing a beer like seems, I don't know who should drink it where do we put it like Mm -hmm. uh, you you want to you want to do like a special cool release and since we can't do that i think we're gonna wait but um i know a lot of brewers that that are open to it so we're just gonna figure it out very cool but it's been fun like just be being a part of it especially then like to to formulate a recipe and then scale it up to two thousand liters and stuff like that was fucking amazing you know (laughs) and then you try it and actually taste like so the dank tranquility was a beer that i have made uh, many times at home really and that God, was that's my so favorite cool. that, that that really it's like one of my kind of go-tos normally i don't redo beers you know because you know 20 liters is uh, a <laughs> yeah that too and also it's like if, if it's really good like you can only go even as good or worse and it's like that nah, i don't know but but it was like one of my favorites and um so and then the head brewer of all in he made it even better and then that we brewed it and do, brewed together like in a super professional brewery. It was it was awesome. Just seeing how that works and um, the way it came out it was incredible. And it just sold out. I think there there are a few bottles left here and there at various stores, and uh, I have a few one at, in my attic. But other than that, it's it's unfortunately sold out. But uh, that was amazing to be part of, and uh, I, I hope to do something like that again. It's Just because. I used to I used to do like a column for uh, for close up magazine here in Go- in Sweden. Sadly, it's not around anymore. But for every year, I I tried all the band beers. You know, like the official really like very metal, very metal cool beers. Yeah, and I guess you've tried a few.
0: I try as many as I can get my hands
1: on. That's for sure. Yeah yeah and unfortunately i don't even have to look for them they just come to my house and i sit there and try them and, and and rate them so it was it's great so i I got to try all the you know all the different ones like um yeah all the crappy ones like acdc or stuff like that that was kind of the beginning of it remember yes like metallica had one and it was just like the you know,
0: iron, iron maiden yeah
1: but that three, kind of stuff. Floyd's, but then, three floyds are just killing it fucking uh, the at the gates one i'm on a marth one amazing like um and then um, Yemi Keller did a few, like the Jimmy Keller did uh, Nuclear Assault. Mastodon, Mastodon, yes, a few Mastodon. Then in Sweden they did like uh, Opeth had like four different ones, Ghost had three or four. Um, so it, yeah, so all of a sudden, like it felt like the the bar was raised when it comes to uh, to band beers, and that's what we wanted to be a part of, like do do something real and not just uh, slap your name on a shitty lager
0: absolutely absolutely uh you you spoke about milan you spoke about drinking while touring enjoying beer while touring um let's talk about that let's let's talk about touring and and getting out there what are your favorite places to hit when you see that tour schedule we get the we get these emails like months before the tour happens what days are you happy you're like oh shit i know where i'm going on that day
1: it's, I mean, I I map it out beforehand, like uh, especially <laughs> hitting <laughs> me too, me too. <laughs> <laughs> like hitting a new uh, uh, new city that I haven't been. I was like, okay, where are the breweries? Like, where do I need to go? Like, how how far is it? Like, um, can I Uber? You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, my favorites, I would say like San Diego. Um, we play what is it called like the brick by brick venue. yes exactly so close to there yes, yes like, of course yes you have yeah, um, yeah coronado With everything and, yeah <laughs> and like what is it like three incredible breweries like walking distance from that venue so for me yeah so that modern times no yeah modern times is there and there's um what's it called like the Sculpin and all the the uh, water-based uh beers
0: uh Ballast Ballast Point Point.
1: they started right there like they're the that's right that's right so that's right there as well so yeah amazing um and what else like um New York of course Denver. Denver Fuck yes yes uh I remember first like like drink drinking um Yeti from on tap and and getting a a a tour of the facilities over there and like drinking all the different yetis i only had one and that sudden like i drink three or four before a show awesome (laughs) but oh man yeah denver holy shit it's uh yeah that else and then then just being like in yeah new york or something like that just go to different craft brewery bars and just like all right let's see what we have here
0: <laughs> <laughs> up, what, what is the balance i know for myself that it, it comes to a certain point if i it, it's happened and rarely on tour it, it the real time that it happened was that cryptopsy was hired to to play a wedding Ooh. and we had to Are you that kind of band really it was <laughs> no no but 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 the wife bought us brought us as a present to her husband oh, nice because he was a huge fan, yeah. we played two tracks, but we had to. We went, we sound checked, we had to go hide because it was a secret. Yeah. But so we went into town, and where do we go? Of course, <laughs> to a bar. Yes, you do. And uh, I had a few too many, honestly. And I went and I played. And whenever I am there, I I I lose my words and I I get lost. Yeah. So so how do you find that balance? Enjoying craft beer before a show and then hitting the stage.
1: Yeah. I'm of course, I've yeah, I've not blown it, but I, I've been a bit more drunk than I I would like to be sometimes. But but it's real. I, I normally it's just like I, I kind of we always talk about it like uh, to getting back on the surface again. Like to if 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 you see it as a ther- thermometer, like you're hungover and then you're like minus ten when you wake up, and then you just need to be at zero at least when you go on stage, and then you're fine, and then you can get trunk again after that, you can go after yeah. that. <laughs> so it's just a matter of like finding that balance in yourself and just like starting to feel good again you know because you know as you know like standing there on stage is kind of like a social thing uh, you oh, know, yeah. so you have to at least be in a good mood so so for me uh, yeah so but normally if you're in, in cool places and cool kind of craft beer bars and I'll, I'll go for a beer flight and just like try out, you know, small glasses, so I can try a lot and I can untapped a lot of beers, <laughs> you know, in one day and um, and then, um, yeah, take it easy. And then, of course, get, wait a little bit and just take it easy like two hours before the show or something like that or, or just sip beers for it to, to kind of maintain.
0: But, uh, Absolutely. Everyone's going to want to know you're untapped now that you just said it. So, so what is your untapped, Michael?
1: <laughs> what is it like? Yeah, it's the same as my Twitter, like M-I-K-L-S-T-N-E, Michael Stane. Yeah.
0: yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Um, when I was in Chopping, am I saying that right, Sweden? Chopping, yeah, yeah. Yes, so so we we were going to go for a walk. Me, my guitarist Chris Donaldson, uh, my session bassist, because Aldi Pinard was busy with cattle decapitation. Dumb Grimau. we're like, okay, it's a beautiful city. Let's go for a walk. We made it like one block before. I was like craft beer, <laughs> and then we ended up at a craft beer bar, and we we ended up tasting a whole bunch of beers. Yeah, that so I, mean, I mean, yeah, that's, that's typically what happens for
1: yeah, me. <laughs> that's what it happens to us all the time. Just uh, <laughs> because it's so easy, and and now even in Europe, like touring there's always some great place eventually you're going to find like we went on tour like to, to what was it like yeah three summers ago down uh, on marth and they are super geeks as well. well so it was like every day it was like all right like and even if you didn't see each other in the morning like and you you went out and it's like you start like the google mapping stuff and it's like all right. And then you're eventually gonna meet there anyway, if if there's a small town. No there, and there's one cool bar, that's where we meet. Like that's what Untapped is so great so for as cool. well. Just like find, finding fantastic places and oh man.
0: That very I cool. miss very, very cool. much. Um do you remember let's let's dance into music a little bit. Uh take me to the first time you ever witnessed music live, your first show that you ever went to see—it doesn't have to be metal. What what was that first show that you ever watched, Michael?
1: Damn, I don't remember. Like maybe, um, but it was probably like uh, one of those—you know, like high, not not high school, but like school functions. You know, battle of the bands or a, a, a talent yeah, yeah. show, <laughs> or maybe just yeah, like a like a disco where two, three bands played, you know, at the end of the night. Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, I didn't go to... I started going to concerts in like 88, maybe? 87, 88? Um, uh, Maybe earlier, but it's... um, The first ones that I remember, like... And those were metal things. Were like uh, grotesque that later became at the gates. Um, Just because, you know, they were friends and they were from our area and you know and oh they're gonna play i was like oh fuck yeah let's go let's drink beer and and see a show um and and the first one that really kind of did made an impression on me where i felt like this is the coolest thing in the world like this what this is what i want to do with the rest of my life was creator uh playing in 88 here in in gothenburg and like just seeing that like whoa this is yeah, this is what i want to do like this is it like let's form a band let's let's do this you know it's crazy
0: very cool i just uh hosted a roundtable discussion with all of cryptopsys vocalists and lord worm nailed the question that i get asked all the time i think he found the solution why it happened for montreal i get asked all the time why is montreal such a a pinnacle of the extreme metal scene why are there so many bands coming from montreal and he stems it back to the fact that in the late 70s uh, Montreal was one of the main stops for all prog bands. Really? Genesis, Marillion, wow. uh, everyone came through came through the late 70s through Montreal and that just sort of like trickled down trickled down to to inspiring extreme metal. And I think he's right. So that's uh, shout out to Lord Worm. That is all awesome. what's going on. You guys you guys have the same sort of scene except in the melodic metal genre so so why sweden why did it work why why for you guys where did it come from montreal was a lot of like friendly competition like they always wanted to outdo each other i wasn't there i was i'm too young i'm just i joined the band afterwards so i've heard stories trickling down throughout the years is 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 why where what about you guys when i when i had a chat with uh matthias and martin i asked this question and they said that it was really a friendly yeah. scene did you agree with that oh, yeah it was there a friendly sense of competition that you guys wanted to outdo each other to one-up each other to
1: no 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 and matthias was part of it too like he, he played in a band at the time you know exactly right? yeah and yeah and yeah we grew up in the same area um and yeah it was definitely like a super friendly scene and as i said like with really the grotesque like i went to see them in their rehearsal room when i was 15 16 that's so cool and and it's like whoa you can actually play music together that kind of thing like because music was just a, like something super cool that you kind of looked up to and mm-hmm. you dreamed about and you you spend all your money on and, and that kind of thing so uh, like, like craft beer that, yeah i yeah, yeah. <laughs> <That> came later <laughs> but uh but so then knowing that it's possible was cool and i think it was the same for for a lot of people back then like hey this this can be done you, know, you can actually form a band and just be part of something be part of a scene and and it was easy to get started like if you wanted you can actually get like a some funding from the state. you know where you can actually pay for your uh rehearsal room and wow. some, you know rental equipment that kind of stuff if you liked there were places where you know 15 20 30 bands played at you know shared rehearsal rooms um that kind of stuff so there were a lot of possibilities, um, but also a lot of inspiration because of how cool some of the bands that you liked were, you know, early on. And there were a lot of like um, youth centers, you know, whatever you call them, like you know the little with a tiny little stage that sounds like shit, but it's a show, yeah, know. which it, is very important.
0: Three yeah. every yeah. show is worth three jams. Yeah, you know, and
1: it, it was. <laughs> It, it was so cool. So so we went to a lot of shows and, and the bar was set kind of high. There were a few bands that were really skilled, you know, really fucking good. And so that's that's all you need to do to, to be as good or better than that. Not about competition, not about, uh, you know, like trying to one up each other. It was just about like being as good as that, you know, then then you're, you know, you're golden, you know, should be fine. <laughs> and it was kind of like that. Like one of our first shows ever was with a band called Sarcasm, which... Also featured Niklas Engelin, who played with that in Flames forever. And and to, he, he was like, oh my God, he has like a real guitar amplifier. He, he knows how to play. So, <laughs> then of course I bought something similar and started playing, you know, so I, I could be as good as him, that kind of stuff. So it was, it was um, yeah, friendly competition, definitely, uh, much like you say, and uh, and just a cool vibe. And, and it was all about just hanging out, drinking and like trading Uh, demos and cassettes and you know stories of bands and uh, vhs cassettes of uh, live shows that you uh, uh, borrowed from friends or you take we tape traded a lot back in the day um so we so we tape traded with all people like a lot of people around the world and then eventually we traded with each other you know and we always hung out just by the local venue um in town and that's where i met like yeah, all the guys I met Jesper from In Flames there and that's how we got to know each other because we s- sat around drinking and talking about metal, you know, exchanged like have you heard this demo? have you heard this and that band and how cool is this, you know, that kind of stuff and yeah, that was it. So and that's how we kind of eventually started forming bands and it just became a very cool scene of like yeah, encouragement and um so eventually like at one point we had it was us the gates in flames, dissection, um, a couple of other bands, just like right next to each other in one room, re- like in one rehearsal area. It's amazing, and and it was just like, yeah, this is what it is, and it was great, and you could always exchange ideas and gear and and stuff like that, like simple stuff. So. I love it. I love it. I'm ready for my? I'm ready for my second beer. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. Introduce her. I'm going. This is also from Stingbirds, but it's a collaboration with Jay Wakefield, which is it's that's uh, Tampa, right?
0: i florida? don't I, i'm not aware no
1: no, no it's, it's florida anyway and then all in brewing so all in brewing is yeah where that we worked with this is brand new and it's not even out yet i got it from the brewer and it's an eight percent miami meow that's why it's a little cat on there I, I don't know if you can see that. i love it it's yeah. an eight percent um, double ipa beautiful crack that
0: Uh, so so similar the the swedish scene and the quebec scene I I i don't think that there's anywhere else maybe the tampa scene the florida scene in the early 90s probably also similar and maybe the bay area but really the those four are the ones that the more that i speak to people the more that i i feel the similarities to the quebec scene absolutely absolutely let's talk about this new record we'll, we'll do some due diligence <laughs> for 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 to the pr sake <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah let's talk about the new dark tranquility record moment coming out november 20th via century media yep. um how do you uh feel about releasing a record during a pandemic where you can't tour
1: it to be honest i haven't done that before it's weird no, nobody has <laughs> <laughs> it's uh yeah i don't know the last couple of albums we toured like from day one right just like immediately uh once we feel ready um we release it and on the same day we're like in new york city and we start a european uh, american tour that's normally the case um and of course we wanted to do that this time as well um Or at least like have it... At first, we even thought about having it done before the summer so we can play some sweet new tracks on the European festivals. Yes. And when that didn't happen, we stayed in the studio a while longer. You know, and then we we prepared for the American tour and and, and for the release to coincide with that. But of course, that didn't happen either. So, yeah. (laughs) Then, Then the option was like, do we wait till we actually can have a tour or should we just like release it, you know, when it's appropriate? And of course... There's no, I I couldn't live myself have it shelving the album and waiting for everything to, to be over. No, so uh, yeah, so we're just gonna release it. It's gonna be weird. Um, I mean, you're talking about the, the the void after the, the release. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So, this, so the darkness, there will be a void, like yeah, the emptiness that, <laughs> that will consume you after after the album is out. And It's like yeah, what do we do now? And, and I think that's gonna be the hardest part. Just like
0: okay, how do we? What do we do now? How are you going to stay um, connected to your fans? Do you guys have anything yeah. in the works? Like, like a live stream? Is that something that interests you guys?
1: Yeah, we're going to do a live stream um, the day after. Oh, cool! Um, the album comes out so the 21st of November. We're going to live stream from a beautiful venue, uh, like a theater here in town. It's gorgeous, um, and uh, yeah, so we're going to end, we're going to play the entire album nice uh, something that we've never done exactly i was about to ask that and yeah. maybe and may never do again Who knows? Uh, <laughs> but we're gonna the, the thing is like <laughs> that's a lot of we're work we're gonna treat it yeah <laughs> that's a lot we're of gonna work. treat it yeah. as yeah it is um working on it right now i'm meeting the guys tomorrow and we're gonna
0: because everyone at home is just we, we we typically have a s- repertoire of songs that we can pick from that we're ready to play live and normally when we drop an album we pick you know cryptopsy at best we pick two songs from a record to go yeah. into and then you have to get into shape to play those records because in the studio versus on stage yeah. is totally different so a full record it's yeah. a lot of work
1: yeah yeah and yeah and of course we we haven't played those songs ever so, exactly um, yeah
0: but it actually <laughs>
1: well we rehearsed last week and we're going again tomorrow and yeah so it actually works like everybody's excited about it and so, so it's it should be cool um but so we're going to treat it as if this was the first day of the moment tour right so it's going to be full production all of our crew is coming in from nice. portugal and we're going to like yeah make make it count but then of course we have no idea when show number two happens <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be a very short tour um, but super weird but but it's going to be cool like the, and it's the only thing that it's, it's like close that we can get to to an audience right um so hopefully you know people will check it out. It's going to look great. I know that. And it's feeling good. So it's going to be a, I've seen a lot of streaming shows, you know, and some of them have been bad. Some of them have been fantastic and we want to be fantastic. We want to be super, super cool. And uh, um, so, so that's the plan
0: for me. Behemoth holds the award for best stream show.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. 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 We're going to, double down on the inverted crosses and the the naked ladies of course like to to top them. but uh yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) let's wrap this up with two questions i have this is a new question uh you love craft beer but you're you're in good shape so 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 i i have a slogan that that i like to say for my personal life is that i i work out to fight the hops so so
1: how do you
0: fight the hops michael
1: well, I work out so I can drink beer too. <laughs> <laughs> it's the I only reason I here. work out.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Of course.
1: <laughs> and it's not healthy when you're like stuck at home most of the time. But yeah, <laughs> just yeah. But it, but it's good. Like you, beer, is comfort, and it could also be a reward. So mm-hmm. if you have a good like. Long run, and you're feeling great. You go home and take a shower. You can even have a beer in shower. I think, yeah, beers, uh, allowed. Um, and um, yeah, of course, yeah. But it would be easy to just sit still and just raw.
0: <laughs> And uh, final question is uh, a classic, is uh, it probably never happens to you because you're you're, you're very in control and, and you, you like craft beer, you brew craft beer and you have lots in your house so you know how to handle it. But every once in a while, it happens to everyone. What is your hangover cure, Michael?
1: Oh, I, 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 I definitely get incredibly drunk uh, more often than I would like, but just because it's beer is so good and i'm having so much fun um so hangover i don't think there is one really um you, you actually a boring answer is that I just go out running sweating it out just fucking exercise it away that's like what i do just that, because that kind of gives you um that kind of rush in a way um that to kind of replace it and start thinking about something else um so that, that helps but it's not easy, and no. I rarely do it. But when I do, I I I, uh, I pat myself on the back on like, yeah, that was good. Like, and then maybe, you have maybe another you should do beer. that next time. But <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. That reward. Uh, but of course, like I think so- sometimes, like especially on tour, like you start you wake up in the morning, you feel like shit, and it's like oh fuck, and just take it easy today. And then you take a long walk or something like that. You go out, and then you have like one or two, <laughs> and then you take it easy after that. Then I think it's it's good. And uh, I mean. It's, it's not that, that's that's being a beer enthusiast not an alcoholic come on that's right that's right that's right <laughs> No, but it's uh I, it, maybe sometimes that that helps and um also like one of the best cures, like if, if you're feeling like really shitty because like you 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 were up way too late you like talking like bullshit and sometimes you just need someone who ha- feels worse so just having someone on tour that just like is way more humble than you I think that really helps um, makes you feel better
0: I agree and, and you are right about the, the exercise I, I always push myself through my workout to, to get those endorphins to make yeah. me feel good and then I move through and then you you, you, you make it to that first 11 a.m. beer hey you do what you have to do man Michael thank you so so much uh Absolute pleasure. I can't wait till uh, either I come through uh, Sweden or you come through Montreal and we can actually do this face to face. Super stoked about that. And uh, I greatly, greatly appreciate you taking the time. Everyone go check out The Moment, which drops on November 20th via Century Media. And um, I'm so stoked about this. Thank you. This is 200 episodes. You are the perfect, 200 perfect, perfect Congratulations, guest. man. Cheers. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. What an epic chat. That was so, so much fun. Immediately just hit it off, put me at ease. I love chats like these with like-minded individuals. It's so much fun. I would love to taste some of Michael's homebrews. I don't know about you, but everything that he was describing... Just sounded perfect and delicious and is something that I would absolutely love to try. Uh, Michael, thank you so, so much for taking the time. I love it. I love it. I love it. I really appreciate it. You are the perfect 200th guest. If you enjoyed this Vox & Hops episode, you should most definitely go and subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice because I have 199 episodes just like this one for you to go back and enjoy. Vox and Hops is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I have one more episode coming at you this Friday. But until then, remember to enjoy life, metal and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. This